Hi guys, welcome back to the One Broke Actress podcast, an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learn in the process. This is Sam Valentine, your host, bringing you episode four of season five. That's right, here we are back in Hollywood recording and just in time, a plane decides to fly circling around our house. So if you're hearing that on your noise quality, well, <laughs> she's one broke actress, you can't afford a sound booth. Speaking of acting stuff, I got to meet a couple of you guys this week at the We Audition meetup at The Grove on Wednesday, and it was so nice. Thank you guys so much for coming and introducing yourselves. I know a couple people said they saw me but didn't recognize me because I changed my look completely over the past week. Um, Yeah. By the way, that new article is now up on One Broke Actress, uh, all about why I looked different at that event slash why I rebranded my whole self. Anyway, if you want to read that, you can find it. But thank you guys so much for coming. It was so nice to meet you. And speaking of We Audition, today's podcast is brought to you by We Audition. They had an awesome meetup. They're doing really cool things with really cool people all around the industry and not just actors. They were very big participants in the Ardios Awards and you guys should check them out and use code BROKE25 for a $7.50 a month membership. I know you've heard about them by now because you're listening to episode four. So you've heard me say it. Join them. Join me. Come, let's read some sides. All right, guys, moving right along. Thank you guys so much for last week's reviews. We didn't get any new reviews this week, which is like kind of a bummer. Um, I would love to get three reviews this week. Just three. Nothing else. You don't have to share this podcast on Instagram. You don't have to follow me or anything like that. You just need to review this podcast. Click five stars. Or if you don't want to click five stars, write me an email instead and I'll take the, you know, that brutal beating a little bit better over email. Click it, write a review, three more and we'll be over 100. What? That would feel really good. Can you guys, can you guys please help me? It would just, I mean, they just make me so happy and they really make me want to do more extra bonus episodes when I get more reviews. So three more episodes, we're going to be over 100. Okay, this week's guest. (laughs) I'm laughing already. Sarah Burns is fucking hilarious. Probably two-thirds of this episode is satire and the two of us just bantering back and forth in some sarcastic manner. You guys are going to love Sarah Burns. You've probably seen her recently as her reoccurring series regular of Detective May and Barry. You probably saw her in I Love You, Man. You probably saw her in the Wet Hot American Summer reboot. You probably saw her in Enlightened. Sarah is a really, really awesome mother. She's a working actress. She is a former UCB student. She is an improver. She is fucking awesome. Um, She grew up in Long Island, and she's going to tell us all about what she thought her career was going to look like, and then how having one line in a play in high school and then seeing some Broadway brought her fully in her into her acting career. She shares with us how one guest star on Flight of the Concords matched her up with casting directors who got to know her, which eventually led to her booking her biggest early on role in the movie I Love You, Man. She stands by it to this day that those relationships got her where she is and you guys need to hear these stories. She also talks about what happens after something like that happens where you film a movie and then you're just sitting around waiting for it to come out when you don't know when or if it will come out and how to use your time constructively, Um, how she first moved to LA and used it constructively. I mean, she didn't even have agents when she booked that movie. 
That's so crazy. We talk a lot about imposter syndrome and we joke about it, but it's very real and I think we should talk about it a hell of a lot more. And also what it's like to be an actor and parent. Um, Sarah has a daughter and <laughs> she she speaks very highly of her. It's so funny, you guys. You're going to love this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy Sarah Burns. I want you to tell me where you grew up okay. and then what you thought your career would look like from then. My acting career? Yeah. Uh, I, grew up, I grew up on Long Island okay. in a town called Rockville Center. And the most noteworthy um, citizens of, of Rockville Center were, I'm, I forgot her name, and she has a bigger title than wife, but she was married to Bob Newhart. And she lived across, she apparently grew up in the house across the street from mine. And for a while, it was rumored that Joan Jett lived in Rockville Center. And I saw her once. She was wearing red Reebok high tops. And I stood next to her on the street. It was very exciting. Um, and, and, and June Raphael also grew oh, cool. up um, there. But I, that's Rockville Center. Okay. I thought that I would be like a wildly successful film star. Great. And um, like wouldn't really do television. And um, I thought that by now I would have a giant house with a pool. And um, I also thought at one point in my life that I would make $10,000 a year. <laughs> that, was, that was like, I remember being in like, in high school, I had no designs on being an actress at this point, but uh-huh. um, I didn't know what I was going to do. And my teacher asked the class, what, what, how much money do you guys want to make a year? And I was like, $10,000 a year. Oh, my God. I love that you were going to buy a house with $10,000 With a, a pool. That's with a pool. <laughs> I, probably, I mean, maybe that might have been like a year and a half worth of my salaries put together for that. But <laughs> I had no concept of like... I don't know. It's very like typical of me though to like set out, get out there, wait. Well, I haven't prepared for anything. I'm not. I don't have a coat. <laughs> I'm buying a house with a pool, and I have ten thousand dollars to my name. But wait. So what? You in high school, you didn't think you were going to be an actress? No. I um. I don't know what I thought I would be. Probably a tragic character because I was very goth and very. Were you? <laughs> But, like, cheerful. I was a cheery god. <laughs> um, but I, I was, you know, like, lying in my bedroom in the dark listening to string music and Sisters of Mercy. Um, like a classical goth. Yeah, well, just, just, just if it was sad and, like, would like, listen to it on repeat. <laughs> I was contemplating how difficult it was to be a teenager on Long Island. But <clears throat> I didn't want to be an actress because I didn't really... I feel badly saying this now, but I didn't really like the drama club. I thought oh, they were all very, like, big. There wasn't really a drama club in my... I don't think there was a drama club in the high school that I ended up... I, I, had, I went to three different high schools. Really? Yeah, I went to one, and my parents took me out because I wasn't, like, a remarkable... I wasn't fucking up, and I wasn't brilliant. And so I was just, like, in the middle, and I didn't really play sports. And, and so they put me into a really good school and that school closed. And so I ended up in like <clears throat> another school that like everyone else just kind of gravitated towards. Okay. 
I bet they had a drama club and you just didn't know it existed. Well, they, I, I, I feel like that's so much of what high school it, drama clubs are. Yeah, yeah, they probably... Well, the third high school that I went to, I don't remember if there were... But the second high school I went to, I went to St. Paul's on Long Island, which is so cool because there was graffiti on the walls from the turn of the last century. And, and F. Scott Fitzgerald had written about the school and it was this old Gothic... So it's perfect because... It was perfect, and then it was fits. fall, and I was wearing headphones, and again, it's, Sisters it's, of Mercy, and like, like a hoodie up yeah. over your headphones. Yeah, just oh, like yeah. walking around after school, listening to Christian Death. <clears throat> but there was a drama school, there was like a drama program there, and I, I had one line in a play. I played Gymnasia from a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, uh-huh. and um, it catapulted me to stardom. <laughs> And here we are. And here we are. Uh, and I haven't worked since, but it's just great. It's great. I heard about that, actually. Yeah. I brought you on. It's pretty good. It's, it's, <laughs> so did you decide to go study? Like, what? how did you get into acting then if if it was the one line in high school and, like, your just ideal life was the $10,000? Like, how did we um, <laughs> I realized that was not going to cut it. No, I, I had wanted to do it as a little kid, and my mother introduced me to like a manager. But then she saw the culture around like ch- child actors, and she was like, "No." And then I got approached once after like um, a fur protest when I was in high school uh, by a guy who wanted to take photographs of me. My mother was like, "That just sounds like predatory." behavior and no so that was off the table and so I didn't think about it and then I saw Cabaret on Broadway Mm -hmm. and Alan Cummings was the what was the MC and I was like so in love with him and he was like he was like my face is getting tight as I'm telling you this because I'm like so excited he I could see him breathing on stage and I was like oh I want to like he he was so alive and he was having so much fun and he was so sexy to me and and he he was just he was so amused and he was he, that was the moment where I was like uh, 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 I want I want that and that's kind of what I I was pissed too because I took my boyfriend and I at the time to the show and he was like and I was like do not see what's going on I'm a member of the theater but. <clears throat> And then I saw Bottle Rocket a couple years later, or somewhere around the time, and I was like, I want to make films like that. Mm. And I started taking an acting class um, in Soho at this place called Performance of a Lifetime. The first class was free, and I was like, that's within my budget. <laughs> and, and, and then I was just hooked. Like, and the teacher who taught us was also an actor and we would go see him do a play and it was like watching you know Marlon Brando live you know it was so exciting am I going too far no okay uh six hours from now you're like Jesus Christ there's one question (laughs) we'll both Um, be towed by from Home Depot yeah exactly um we are I'm going to buy gardening gloves oh great so that way if they do try to tow my car be like what are you talking about anyway oh yeah yeah. that's I've just been in the plant aisle well I I really had to make the right purchase. If you guys are listening to this, we had to park at Home Depot because this is very hard to park. It's on a very busy neighborhood, but we will, we will pay it forward or backward by buying gardening yeah, gloves. And they have a lot of my money. Lumber, yeah, yeah. I go. I spend enough time. They're doing okay. 
Yeah. Um, they're making at least $10,000 a year. Um, but they have a pool. <laughs> they do. Those fucking jerks. Um, I'm glad you said that it was acceptable yeah. to curse. Absolutely. Shit, fuck asshole. And, um, <laughs> so, wait, okay, I forgot. So, you, so you started getting inspired. You took an acting class. Yes. Were you done with school by then? Yes. Okay. Um, I didn't take advantage of any of the programs that's in college. Um, what were you going to college for? A photography. See, this, this is like a theme <laughs> in my life. The rule of threes in my life. Um, I started in photography, okay. and then I changed to art, uh, like fine art. And then I, f- with an emphasis in printmaking... And then I ended up getting my degree in writing. Oh, okay. Because I kind of thought, oh, you know, I would love to, I love to write and I would be a writer. And then I realized I wanted, when I started pursuing acting, I thought, I want to be a writer. I want to be an actress. I want to be a writer. And then I thought, you have to make a choice and put your effort in one direction now so that you can move forward. I, that's, whether that's right or not, I don't know. But for me, I was like, just put your all of your <clears throat> organically farmed eggs into one basket. And um, I wasn't that disgustingly annoying at that point. But <laughs> I was like, put, put, um, put all your eggs in one basket and just like follow through for a bit. And I, that's why I thought like if I could just focus on one thing instead of getting kind of s- split, um, I would become the world famous top grossing actress of all time that I Sick. am. Great. <clears throat> Success has worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, so why didn't you stay in New York for acting then? Why are you here? I stayed in New York as long as I possibly could. Okay. I moved here in 2011 because oh, okay. I started, and I would probably still be there if I could, if I could because I, I miss New York. New York is like my first love. Um, Matt Lutz and New York City were my first loves. But... Um, but my work was here, and I needed to be here, and it was hard to be in New York City, and like, you know, you could have an audition, and flying here, and then finding places to stay, and just, I was on a TV show at the time, and we were going for season two, and it was just like, the time, and then it probably yeah. got canceled. What, but what show was it? Enlightened, um, okay. on HBO, with Laura mm-hmm. Dern, mm-hmm. Um, written by Mike White, and that was what finally was, made me move. Okay. Um. But wait, and, so uh, mm-hmm. I have a question. Oh yeah. So back in back in the day when we pictured the career and had no, like Dane to do TV, right? <laughs> it's okay. I used to say that about commercials. I'm like, I guess I would take one. I beg for one. Oh God, I know. Now you're like, um, can I come in and audition? Get the hell out of here. I would love to read a for um, car accident victim in the State Farm Insurance <laughs> yes. commercial. Uh, so, did you? How did you go about finding reps in New York and then getting into television? And when you first started, did you still kind of have that same opinion about TV? No, because I was... It's weird. No. I, I, but I had that opinion about... It's weird. I, so much of my life I forget because I'm so in my head all the time. And I think I'm just like... Mm, and it's almost like I push all the neuroses from the past out and make room for new ones. So a lot of stuff, it's such as like dark holes but um and I drink very heavily so much of it is probably done in like blanked out my entire college career yeah but um 
I don't think so. I, I, after I took classes at Performance of a Lifetime, I went and started taking classes at this other school. I think it was called the School for Film and Television. And then I did an improv class, and someone was like, you should check out the UCB Theater. And then in 2001, I went to the UCB Theater, and... Um, that's when it got like I got very serious about what I wanted and I wanted comedy and I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live and which was like the goal that we all kind of feel like a lot of people are maybe it's different now but then it was you know Amy Poehler was one of the founding members so right. if you take a class at the UCB theater you probably end up on SNL and just just have to bide your time until that happens <laughs> um and so around that, it's still like that there. It is. You just honestly. I feel like. Do you, are you? Do you no, know? I'm just. Kidding. Okay, I was like, wait, are you still there? You no, still I. There? When I when I moved to Los Angeles, kind of around the time, around like 2008, I came out here to do a movie, and I told the artistic director that I'd probably be unable to do Harold Night for a couple of weeks, thinking that the film would take. A few weeks to shoot having this is this blind ignorant fool that I am army crawling through the dark of my career um he's like I think you're gonna be there for a while and then so I gave up my position on the Harold team okay I think around then okay or maybe and then I when I moved out here in 2011 I think at that point I'd kind of slowly had stopped performing in New York City regularly and then here it was very infrequent and I just had different pursuits out here Mm -hmm. and became lazy um, (laughs) and didn't want to go out at night well because it's terrible Mm -hmm. it's going out's terrible it's like being in this like apocalyptic landscape (laughs) in and you're like it's not safe because it's not my couch I love I mean also streaming started and then like what are you gonna do leave your house so do you feel like UCB informed a lot of, like, the direction you took with your career? It did. It made it, it – well, because people were so focused on their careers, you could watch people You could watch people succeeding. And, you know, all the mythology of people's success was talked about and dissected. And, like uh, – and then, you know, there was a layer of competitiveness, too. And yeah, so you, was it encouraged or was it – did it feel – you know, sometimes when you see your friends get successful, you're like, cool, like – we're all going to be in on this. Or was it kind of like that comparison feeling? It's weird. I had, I, I feel like I had a pretty good or lucky run because I advanced at like a nice pace for my comfort level. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't feel like, damn it. Um, a lot of times I'd see people move ahead of me, but I always thought, oh, that's okay. Cause I'm, I'm in tandem with them. If they're two steps further along I'm two steps further along in mine and so I I kept that but so you're pretty good at staying in your own lane I guess yeah but I mean there's don't think like I haven't been like a fucking what that shit myself you know there have been moments (laughs) where I've had to like center myself quietly and be like "Hmm? time will come (laughs) it's cool but but I think that is what keeps you motivated. I, I think the UCB was so great because you're around other people who wanted it. They would be like, oh, I did this and X, and you'd be like, oh, I got to do this. And then there were constant 
opportunities for us to showcase our work. So like we were treated like serious people and we had access to a lot of stuff and you wrote your own stuff or you were had you had access someone had access to a camera and was shooting like I did one or two things with Ben Schwartz and and like Nick Kroll and John Mulaney one of my first jobs quote unquote jobs that I did after I left my my day job to yeah. pursue acting full time was a short with um that that Nick and John had written and I I seriously was like oh this is this is what it's gonna be like <laughs> and um John Mulaney is one of my favorite comedians oh he's so great he's so great and he and Nick both they're so great and the success that they've achieved is so well deserved and so hard like so it's just you see people they deserve that shining light on them because oh, I love to hear that they're they were rad and they they, they had they had like vision and forethought, I think, to to make these films, and they weren't the stuff that they did wasn't stuff you'd seen. It wasn't yeah. like people like jump. I don't want to make fun of people's creative endeavors, but like, you know, like <clears throat> it was just it was cool. It was cool to be a part of, and I think you wouldn't get that if you oh. were just like striking out on your own. Yeah, because I wasn't gonna pick up a camera and be like, because I didn't have a camera, I. I might have even had a camera, but I probably didn't pick it up. Who knows? That my house is a mess. But it's the organization of all of the, the the moving parts to get it accomplished. It, yeah, I can't. I'm. I, I always want to be a part of a machine, but I don't want to be the machine. Exactly. I think, but that's why in, when you're in a community, there's someone who's going to be. Someone wants to write it. Someone wants to produce it. Someone wants to direct it. Someone wants to shoot it. Yeah. And I want to act in it. And I don't even. I mean, never say never, but, like, I don't really have designs on, like, directing things. Mm -hmm. I have designs on, like, creating and writing and producing things, but not telling other people, like, you're just, you're very upset. Your water supply is dwindling and your your three children are thirsty. You know, like, I don't know that I could motivate another person to do that, but, yeah. um, but so they were great. And, and, and then there's, you know, thousands of other people that, created things and did things. And I worked on this thing uh, called My Wife the Ghost and um, it was created by um, Dinah Mo, who's this awesome artist, and um, uh, her partner, a writing partner, Kirk, and Eugene Cordero was in it with me. And he's, he's in Kong, Skull Island. Like, it's so... It's so cool. It's really yeah. rad because you're watching these people that, like, we were all just, okay, well, you want me to show up at 8 o'clock in the morning and shoot a video for nothing, but you'll give me lunch? Oh my God, they're going to give me lunch. <laughs> and then, you know, you're on, like, in a film, a theater, and there's your friend, and he's battling King Kong. It's so cool. It's so neat. That's the ride, right? Yeah. Like, that's the, I think that's the funnest part is to just go through, to go from somewhere to somewhere else. It's, yeah. It's a very vague description of that process. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you have somewhere to look back on, which is cool. Do you feel like when you, so, okay, so you, what was your first thing that you were like, oh, this is important. And it actually was like, that felt like it took your career to the next level. I booked a show. Exactly. I know exactly what that is. I booked a part on, um, flight of the Concords. Oh yeah. This is better water choice. I'm a big uh, animal society fan. Yeah. They're I love them. They're so, They're good. so good. 
Best Friends Animal Society, giving them a shout out. She has a um, water bottle to complete the picture. <laughs> earlier faux pas that I made with the Dasani <laughs> bottle that I picked up at an ADR studio. Um, I booked that show and that kind of, that switched things for me. Yeah. Like that. What was the role? I played, um, gosh, what was my name? Um, I can never remember characters' I never, names. They're always a variant of like, and I love them, but I, it, there are moments, I shouldn't say this out loud, there are moments when you, especially during pilot season, you go out and you're like, oh, who am I going out for? Because there's so many names yeah. in your head. <laughs> They're like, please state your name and your role. And I'm like, hmm. Well, I know my, uh, my name, name begins is. with an S, and I believe <laughs> I'm here for the role of Mr. Williger? No. Nope. Usually I'm there for someone named Lucy. Yeah, That's Harper. Like my, <laughs> yeah. Some basic name. I want like a sexy name, like <sighs> Theta. Theta. You know. <laughs> um, but no. Um, not, not for me. Was it a reoccurring? Was it? It was one episode, and I played like one of these like flirty girls who, who kind of flirts with the guys and then. My friend and I make out, and the guys are like, whoa. And, and Kristen Shaw's character is like, excuse me. I'm the biggest fan. You need to ba- – oh, it was called – the episode was called New Fans. Okay. And, uh, and then we, we get them to take acid and, like, go on a trip. And this it, was all in one episode? Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> such a blast, too. They were they're, – they're such – they're nice, nice guys. And, so cool. I mean, I haven't seen them in a thousand years, but um, – that was just fun. I think it was, it was the first season of their television show, and wow. and it felt like very. Le- it felt like it made me like legitimate. Yeah. And um, I don't know that I had a manager at the time or representation. How'd you get the audition? The woman who cast it. Uh, so I I skipped a bit. Okay. I also for a while while I was at the UCB theater. I worked at a school called, I think this was called the School for Film and Television. As like a side job? Yeah. It, it, no, it was called TVI Actors Studio. Okay. And they, they held classes, and the classes were taught by casting directors in New York City, and they have one here, maybe still, I don't know. And they held these seminars where you could pay to, ooh, pay for like an hour or two to, hear from a casting director or an agent and then audition they would give you like it wasn't an audition per se but it was essentially like an introduction okay and then you would audition and they could critique you on your audition or you like like, yeah I, i mean for some reason it seemed to skirt the legality of paying for an audition yeah but it, it wasn't like an audition because i'd never but i then would have I felt I would then, if I blanketed their office with postcards, I'm doing an improv show, I just got a call back, I've got new headshots, or whatever you tell yeah. them, I felt like maybe they'll look at it because they remembered me. And uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't the most like supportive environment. The yeah. other actors were kind of competitive because it wasn't like, like at the UCB, you'd be, you know, there are times when you could hear people laughing for you to give you as someone else like someone was in the audience that was looking at you because they wanted you to go out there and kill it and like yeah. but here it was like I just 
sometimes there was a little competitive yeah. edge there. There's something about like a UCB or like an acting class where you can, and they're not always like this, but I feel like you can often feel like you're creating something together mm-hmm. in your extended careers instead of it's like one on one of the the casting director workshops, which I've I've been to many a cast director workshop and have had a few that were worth it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's almost like. You take, you ca- my dad's friend said this to me once, <laughs> and, but I love it. He's like, you have to cast your net really wide because like the farther, you never know, like, but that's tr- truly why the oceans are being destroyed, you know, because they're a lot of nets, a lot of nets out there. But if you can, if you can make sure that you're not catching fish or anything like that, but, um, um, if you cast your net really wide, you never know what you're going to pull in so I was just yeah. like I was trying this UCB and then I was at the um, TVI and I was there to get discount I was working there to like discounts on these things and just trying anything you were hustling. Then, yeah I yeah it's, and I was also like working I was temping too and then for a while I was working in um what are they called? Bars, not bars, but like la- like fan- like cocktail lounges, uh-huh. which makes zero sense. Like there is no worse match for me because there was a woman I worked with who maybe was an actress as well, and she showed up one night. It was like a Halloween. She showed up wearing a turtleneck as her entire outfit. Interesting. And I was wearing a thick turtleneck sweater and a thick skirt, and the, the 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 manager looked at me and was like, "Oh God, like you're not making any money tonight." And I didn't like I, like you. There was like a shared contempt between me and the people I was waiting on. Like they're like, "Get out of here! You look like Ruth Buzzy. Um, you have no business serving cocktails." And I was like, "I don't want to serve you cocktails. I don't care if you're drunk or sober. I just I'm gonna wander around this bar until they let me go home." <laughs> definition of so many jobs yeah I'm gonna walk around till someone lets me go back to my house do you so that time you were just like hustling literally doing everything you got auditions at least this one from from a casting director workshop I think so it's so cool uh and uh, maybe because she also like a lot of these a lot of the casting directors were familiar with UCB stuff and they come see us but I like that you sent postcards and things like that because I think that kind of gets left out of conversation sometimes it's like I had a great audition and I booked a show and I'm like there's a lot of stuff between point a and point z that we're not talking about exactly like you weren't the captain of love boat because you walked through one door <laughs> you became the captain of love boat because you were shown the door on many occasions <laughs> um <clears throat> I actually relate much of my life to love boat situations so prepare to be amazed but no um <laughs> yeah I did that I would I, I would also, because I worked as a temp, I had access to office supplies. And like mailing equipment? Mm-hmm. Like free stampage? Yeah. Stop it. It's funny how much that deters me from sending mail is stamps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, and also, too, like I have a number of forever stamps in my home, and I have no clue of... Because what does forever mean to the post office? I mean, you could just use them whenever you want, right? But I, th- I think they their value, whether or not they say forever, I think they're constantly changing. I don't know. This is a conspiracy I'm working <laughs> on. Do you still, you're at a level though, you don't like, wh- okay, so we're going to fast forward a little bit. So, because I really want to talk about so many things and especially Barry because I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, you, okay, so you start working. Did you get reps after that? 
I, around that time, I I worked for a while with like a manager, but then he left the management company. I then booked a big film, okay. and the woman who was casting it on the East Coast, uh, she's a casting director named Jen Houston, who's the best. Uh, she casts like everything beautiful and awesome and. Like, Orange is New Black, you know. She's yeah. such a shrewd, intelligent casting. She's great. She um, is close with and works with Allison Jones on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, Jen was the East Coast, like, assist okay. to Allison's casting. And that's how I got into Allison's office for this movie, the movie I Love You, Man, and then when that movie happened, I was like, again, blind. This is it. This is how it goes. Uh, I they like, I flew myself out here for my audition for my callback. Wait, you flew yourself out here? I did, but as I was on the plane, it, it, they, the producers, I were going to fly me out. I was just on the plane. Okay, and I had like. I love that movie. I'm, this is so great. I love, I love that movie too. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> um, and I constantly, if something's ever going wrong in my home or like my boyfriend Giovanni and I will always say something like, well, just tell them I'm in love you, man. Like it's a, it's a running joke because um, <laughs> the movie is just so good. I just love it. It's just so it. it's, it's cute and it was such a fun time. I truly believe that like I was not going to have to worry or hustle anymore. And when I flew, I flew here to audition, and then it took a couple days because I was like pretty unknown to get everyone to sign off on me. Um, the night before I found out I booked it, I was just I'd been out here for a couple days, staying with friends and kind of auditioning for people and meeting people, and uh, I was so exhausted. I fell asleep in the middle of a friend's living room. Um, my legs were crossed. <laughs> Like crisscross applesauce, and I was lying backwards with my arms thrown over my head. Of course, wine uh-huh. had played a very prominent <laughs> role in my courtship of slumber that night. Um, but um, I like just fell asleep and was like moved to the couch, and I woke up with my friend's cat Kiki staring down at me so disdainfully, like you drunk and then I so I walked back to my friend's house um and found that I got the part and then I could go home and I went home and quick packed up and came back here and when they flew me out here for the movie they fly actors first or business mm-hmm. and they flew me thank first you oh thank you Zag. but I was sitting next to a woman at one point and she wanted to sit with her daughter who was and so I swapped with her daughter and everyone was very thankful and um the woman who wanted to sit next to her daughter took every single one of her many diamond earrings out and arranged them from large to small and was rolling them across her for her table, like her snack table. Uh-huh. And the flight attendant came over and was like, thanks so much for being so nice and slipped me a full bottle of champagne. And I was like, this is what it's, this is, okay, the guys, this, this is, is Hollywood. Hollywood. Okay, I, it's, there's diamonds, there's, 
Champagne. champagne. Free champagne. What First is class. next? I, like, it's going to be a free tuna sandwich coming my way. You know, wait, it's wait, just wait, like nuts. takes off jewelry on airplanes and just hopes that like no turbulence happens. It just rolls them around. What a rich person thing to yeah, do. Yeah, she doesn't care. Those are her flying diamonds. She discards them. The second she gets to this one, she spits them out. Disgusting. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't. It's maybe it's like um, just a fabulously wealthy version of like hand sanitizer. You just run your hands over diamonds and then. I hope someone puts this in like you got to put this in like a sketch or like a piece or something. That's so funny. Well, it's so crazy to me because I know I don't. That's hilarious. Um, it just it felt to me. Like, okay, this is it. Like, I'll probably be hanging out with Angelina Jolie in, like, five minutes. How bad did you want to tell people, like, I'm flying to L.A. for a film? Like, <laughs> if I had a microphone, like, <laughs> well, I, I also didn't want anyone to look at me because I had no idea how to be in first class. I couldn't figure out the tray. I was like, <laughs> I have no diamonds. Um, even now, the shirt, I'm, there's food on my dress. Jesus Christ. I mean, um, yeah. We're, we're very similar people, I think. <laughs> just, just a horror film just at, on, at all times. Barking at Home Depot and hoping for the best. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I, it's like I read somewhere once um, Maya Rudolph said something about like constantly feeling like an imposter, the imposter thing. I, imposter syndrome is huge. It's crazy that someone like Maya Rudolph would think that. But like, you're, you, I always am like, Guys, I'm like a dirty, smelly. There's this like little dirty, stinky punk rocker from <laughs> when I was little, and just like who didn't wash her hair and like wore the same shirt for a month, and it was taped together with like electrical tape because it had a hole in it. And that person is the person who arrives to any event where everyone is glittering and fabulous, and I'm wearing my glitter and my f- version of fabulousness. I'm not. I'm that little gross teenager and I'm like what am I doing here do you think everyone feels that way though because I think even when I'm like super put together quote unquote from an exterior view I swear I just think I'm like I'm either like gassy or like uncomfortable or my feet are sweating like something's always I feel like everyone must feel this way and just not talk about it the one thing that gets me through that wall of panic is that everyone has to be and then the ones who aren't are not interesting yeah like if they're just like i'm a man i was born in a ferrari and you know like uh, but diamonds on plane. just taking my my cleaning diamonds off and putting my newer diamonds on but i think if you, someone doesn't have that like oh i'm freaking out they, i wouldn't want to talk to them anyway but it doesn't mean that i don't oh geez i'm such a mess you know i have to kind of choke past that and then once i do it's like, who cares? I guess I've, yeah. Or, and then there's like, they're always serving champagne at those things. So a couple of glasses has. of that. And then you're. <laughs> I've worked a lot of uh, like red carpet things. Like I was, technically I was a Fiji water girl the year before the Fiji water girl came out. Oh, wow. I know. What a missed opportunity. <laughs> well, now you, you just, <laughs> just have to lean. Um, but, uh, so I feel like it looks so glamorous. But then when you're there, it's like, it's either. 55 degrees and raining or it's 95 degrees and you're sweat like it's mm-hmm. just never and it's also it's like a red carpet at like either downtown LA or Hollywood Boulevard in the middle of the afternoon it's like 3 p.m. like what the fuck it's it doesn't just, make any sense yeah I always think too like it looks so glamorous but then if you look closely you can see that the actors like they're the actors the beautiful 
glorious like sex scene and it's just amazing but if you look closely you can I guess I'm looking at the wrong stuff during these scenes but like the actors feet are dirty because they're walking around a filthy set and they're freezing cold or they're dry and you constantly go into your trailer and pick your nose like you know yes. it's just you it's know there's like a craft services table somewhere with a half-eaten Nutri-Green yeah, like exactly. it is somewhere <laughs> and I'm sorry about that I don't know why I can't get the whole thing down but <laughs> just uh, they're just so dense <laughs> <laughs> so you started okay so I love you man happened <clears throat> when that finished filming what do you do when so when you finish a film like that right and it's one of your first big things before it comes out, because sometimes it takes so long for a movie to come out, what do you do in the meantime? Well, I stayed in Los Angeles for a couple months um, to kind of... And, and, and having booked I Love You, Man, I met with agencies and I secured an agent. Cool. And uh, that was awesome. Yeah. And Wait, so, did you not have an agent when you booked I Love You, Man? Or was it an agent in the East Coast? I didn't have an agent. What the how are you defying all these rules? Um, I slept with a lot of people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I, uh, no, I'm kidding. I did sleep with a lot of people, uh, but that was not... That helped your career. Yeah, no. No, that was just... Ditto. That was life. Um, God, so many... Yeah, so how, many did you get, how did you get that audition then? Um, I think it was because I had auditioned for Jen Houston. Okay. And... I've gone over it a couple times in my head, but Jen is a real Jen is like really loving and nurturing towards actors and actresses. Oh, you're gonna make me really want to interview her. Oh, she's like, she's so good. I mean, she's so. I mean, she just she loves and she will work with you. And then, and she just she's like a like a film. She consumes like film and stuff like that. She knows what she's doing, and she's so great. And so, and then I met Al, uh, having met Allison. You know, I just remember her turning the corner as I was waiting outside her off office, and she was like, "Hello, Sarah Burns." And I was like, "Allison Jones." Like, she's major. Yeah, she's just they they love and look out for actors, and they know how to run. They're just great. Yeah. Um, so having them kind of on my side is that who cast "I Love You, Man"? Allison Jones did, oh, okay, but with cool. the I think with the assist of. Jen used it. I don't know if she's credited or not. Um, I don't know okay. if it might have just been like talking to your friend, looking yeah. for people. You work in New York. Who do you know? Right. And so, right. but after that movie, um, I stayed out here for a while, but was kind of like didn't know where to go. I didn't really have a home. I was like bouncing around. Um, and then I decided after when I went back to Brooklyn, uh, I made the choice to come out to L.A. for the fall mm -hmm. to like do kind of like the pre-pilot season work mm -hmm. of meeting as many people as possible. And I booked um, I booked an apartment at one of the Oakwood. It oh, was like furnished uh -huh. actor hotels. Is that Burbank? Yeah. It yeah. was like on bar. I don't oh, think they it's... They changed the name. Yeah. It's I, like the Aura now or something. Oh, good. That's, <laughs> that's going to... <laughs> That's gonna change the mojo of that depressing place. Like I heard, I hear it's like a lot of parents bring kids there to like for pilot season. I hear it's a weird vibe. All the kids had the same cute haircut, like the sweet life of Zach and Cody haircut. Uh -huh. And then there was me. <laughs> um, and my friend visited me once, and she was like, we were getting, we were buying wine and like smoky nuts or something. And uh, there's a liquor store not far from there. So. There's a liquor store in there. There is? Well, there's a store that sells liquor in there. Oh, well, 
Okay, I'm, this place is making a lot more sense to me now. I mean, there's a pool, there's a gym, mm-hmm. and there's a liquor store. You don't really need much else. And it, it was great because I was like super focused. Mm-hmm. And uh, but my friend visited me one night, and she was like, "Hey, do you want you want her headshot on your wall?" And the guy was like, "No." I have no clue who this asshole is. So he wouldn't like, he didn't say that, but that's what he looked Mm -hmm. like. But so I don't know who any of those kids that were staying there, what they're up to now. They could all be president (laughs) of Hollywood. It's true. Um, There's no rules anymore. (laughs) No. Uh, So I wish I'd paid a little more attention to who was around me, but. I um, feel that way about so many situations. Oh yeah. I'm a bit of a mess. I may as well just pluck my eyeballs out because I never know what's happening around (laughs) me. Um, so you had so okay, so you're you're living in LA. Were you also? Did you still have a place in New York? Yes. Okay. I lived. I had same place. I you were by coastal. I was by coastal. Um, I did it by using. I did so much research online how to get like the best deals on rental cars. State like AAA matched with this, matched with that. Did you when you were out here? Were you able to? Did you feel like you were doing constructive things with your career? Like, I feel like it's such a special time when you first get to LA and have don't have as many distractions because it's like balls to the walls. Mm-hmm. Like, There's nothing else to do but audition and prep for auditions and like go to the gym. Yeah, I was in grand shape, <laughs> and um, I was also uh, get I was also getting married. Um, uh, and so by the time I was, uh, by the time my wedding day came around, my wedding dress was falling off me because I was just so thin, constantly so tiny. So you really became LA snacking on only celery (laughs) and the ghosts of celery. Um, but yeah, I was so focused on, and I thought that, you know, well, if I'm not auditioning or prepping for an audition or going, you know, looking at who's on what and trying to figure out how to... But that's kind of when things, I think, started... Because I did do a couple movies in the beginning, but I I guess I started auditioning more for... And then, like, having agents kind of be a part of things and talk to you about stuff. And and then I was, like, meeting people. And I, I, I think having little clue on, like, how to, like, be very Hollywood, I would just walk in and be Sarah Burns and... Whether it was refreshing or upsetting, um, I think it worked in my favor because I, w- I wasn't polished. I didn't know like I didn't know that the thing I was wearing wasn't a tunic and shouldn't be paired with straight leg pants. Like, I just like had no clue. <laughs> I feel like that must have helped your career then because it seems like your characters across the board have been quirky, funny, like that kind of a thing. So it's cool that your personality follows suit. I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not, this is not a put on. This is a, this is what I was doomed with. (laughs) Or blessed with. Yeah, or blessed with, yeah. (laughs) Um, So how, once the movie did come out, did you feel like that changed the trajectory of your career? Do you feel like things shifted? Yeah, because I, that's, I started, I started booking more and I, I think, and it was a fun movie and, and I had fun. I wasn't. I wasn't nervous. I didn't know that I had stuff to lose, and I didn't know. I just. I loved the people I worked with. They were big stars, but they weren't. They weren't tools at all. They were just great and generous, and it was fun. And the director, John Hamburg, was was he. He was so fun to work with, and 
you know, like the way his brain worked and the set he created. And um, it was just a good, good time. And I, I wasn't soured. Like, I didn't have a terrible experience where I was like, I don't think I can do that again. I just was, I was having a blast. It was just kind of like, ooh, where's this going to go? And I mean, the, the, like, going to the premiere for that movie was exciting. I, I didn't know what to expect. And I, we pulled up and one of my agents was with me at the time. And, um, I didn't, I didn't know that was like, like, I didn't know. And I saw the line, the red carpet and the photographers. And I almost just like ran for the hills. Like, uh, ah! and I had to force myself. But then Jack Black pulled up and he walked out of the car and the people um, that were like lining the streets and watching the thing happen, it was like this wall of sound. And I was like, this is so exciting. It was so cool. It was just, it was cool. Those kind of highs, I feel like, can be addictive in this career. Like, we're all a little drug addicts in that oh, way. Oh, I think like, so, too. I definitely think we're addicts because we're, it's like a crack high. You're chasing this, like, or, you know, on your bottoms are like, oh, my God, I'm never going to work again. Yeah. It's crazy. It feels like if you look at your career trajectory, it looks relatively steady from an outsider's perspective. Does it feel like that? No, I'm amazed when someone I know or work with will be like, oh, you always work. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. I wipe the counters in my kitchen all the time. I'm constantly, like, buying pants for my daughter. And, like, I have, like, got to get that car clean. I have no idea what I do with my time. And But from an outside perspective, I appreciate my work, though. Like, And then I feel, so I feel like when I say, I don't work all the time. It sounds like I'm just being like shitty and entitled. No, I like to know that's what it feels like because sometimes it gets really easy to feel like you're the only person who's not working, especially, and as you started to, as your success started to happen, that was the rise of social media. That was the rise of the Instagram. And if you look at Instagram, it looks like everyone else is booking and part of the reason I started this podcast because I was like, why is everyone on set but me? Everyone is always on set. But it's like photos from like last December Mm -hmm. and they're crying on the floor in their bathroom. And I would rather see a photo of you crying on the floor in your bathroom. Exactly. It's all curated. It's, and I think it's interesting because like just this week when we're taping this, Instagram is uh, doing away with the likes, which I think will really help younger people. Because like, I mean, I have an Instagram account, and I, I, I but it, it, it does, it doesn't fill my, the, my veins. Like, it doesn't like pump my nads the way that. Like, <laughs> it's not like where you go to when you're feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, under. Is, but it is. It is. I'm always like, holy shit! This person is always in a trailer. They're always receiving flowers, and they're always like eating these fabulous meals, and and I'm. What am I doing? I'm like wiping my toilet. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, I just like am sitting in my car. Yeah. I feel like I'm in my car more than I'm anywhere else in Los Angeles ever. I'm watching another French mystery (laughs) about a town in the Alps, which are my favorite. But What a specific um, genre. It's very crazy. I love them so much. There's like a misty, like alpine foggy wolf <laughs> show that takes place in France. I'm all in. I'm watching Zone Blanche currently. Oh and I love it. 
something tells me that's not coming up on my feed. Oh, if, I think it's like, I, I that's because somebody was talking about a show the other day. I was like, I think it's just, it knows what you like and it doesn't show you certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Which know where like, all the European mysteries are. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch that next. That is so funny. I get so stoked. Oh, just, um, do you, when you are in between works, especially early on when you went from such a high high, how did you get through? Because that's, I think 90% of our job and I, I struggle with what to do yeah. in between projects. I'm like, how do I stay legitimate? I have five jobs. So like, I don't really have time to think about it, but it's, it's hard. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, in the you beginning, have a daughter, well, she fills my time up. No kidding. Um, <laughs> seriously, get, get, I'm going to say guys, <laughs> get some kids. Cause get SAG insurance and then yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, the other thing too, I'll say, uh, this is, I know actresses, so many actresses struggle with the idea. I'm not telling people to have children because that's such a personal experience, but it, we, we struggle so much with, oh God, what if I do? And then it takes me out of work or it changes the way, changed the way I look. It looks like my daughter like lit fireworks off inside my body and then came out spread eagle, just tearing at the contours of my body until I just became like the Michelin man. But um, thanks, Freya. But we worry so much about how it's going to, but this job is actually so cool for being a parent because there is so much downtime. So you do get, but then, you know, then you have a kid and you're working on a network series for 59 weeks of the year and you never see them, but they'll be able to go to college. So that's good too. But (laughs) the give and take. Yeah. But before you had your daughter, what did you do when you were in the... And even if it wasn't productive, I'm just curious how you kept yourself going. The little things like, you know, whether or not I audition enough or uh, the auditions, like the feedback, the... uh, I used to write a lot more. My brain was more tuned and, and, uh, and I had a little... But, you know, like I had... A schedule set for writing and meeting with people. Um, I, I know in the early days I'd fill my time. I performed at the UCB theater and mm-hmm. and I would be doing shows with my Harold team and rehearsals and then rehearsals and shows with my uh, independent group where we would perform. That filled up so much time and it felt like it was like I was putting that like investing towards my goals. Yeah, it's productive. Yeah, that felt very productive and like being in sketch shows or t- oh I also had like um an acting coach that I would work with and so like all of that felt like my day was filled yeah. and then to the point where I was like I'm exhausted um and then when I came out here it was this is such a different and isolating city I agree it's weird because we're all a lot of us are here for the same reason um but it's it's not like I think because it's it, New York, there's so much you're always schlepping. Like you go to Trader Joe's on, for me at least, I would go to Trader Joe's on 14th. Oh, I've and heard I heard it's a bit of a nightmare. Oh my God. Just the, oh my God. I've heard the I'm line is flashback. out the door. The line is out the door. There's a person standing with a flag that you have to find, and then there's people shopping while still online, but they're not moving. That makes me understand why everyone in New York goes out to eat for 100% yeah. of their meals. Well, we're all fighting each other. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my walk away. Like, it's like, I'm sorry. Could you just please select which sushi you want and move forward in the line? But 
Yeah, it's just so you're you're shopping on 14th Street and then taking two trains to get back. I lived in Greenpoint and like taking two trains. That was a, but here it's like, oh god, I gotta put clothing on and then like get into my car and drive. It's fuck it, you know. Mm-hmm. And but and then so it it can it can drive you home and and um, I've, I think you know Rob Hubel. He gave I I think Rob Hubel's so fun and funny and awesome and like he's so hilarious but then he's in movies like the descendants like he's so good he's got such range that guy but he he said and this is true i'm name dropping love it guys i'm friends with rob hubel (laughs) very close he calls never but anyway um he he gave no one who psychopaths call yeah lunatics my college carl recently asked for money and i was like (laughs) What? Yeah, Missouri State University. Oh, wait, I thought you said a friend from college asked. Oh, oh no. yeah. They, they love might. to call and ask for money. How I'm dare like, they? Like, by the way, um, they always, they go, are you working in your chosen field that you study? And I'm like, yes, I'm an actor. And they're like, okay, would you like to donate? And I'm like, I think you missed that. Uh, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm going to run that back. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to charge you for this phone call. <laughs> um, but he said something. He was like, it's going to take you couple years to get used to Los Angeles and I was like a couple years um and he also said it's it can be very isolating and so I was prepped for that and it is and I also if left to my own devices would spend my entire life in a well not a cave because I'm I'm claustrophobic and I don't (laughs) get I would get grossed out but like I I could spend my entire time in a (laughs) well-ventilated area open air yeah an open air like a like um like gazebo uh alone because I don't I just I can just spend so much time by myself I'm an only child and I have a wild imagination and so um so I it it can be very hard for me to remember but now that I have a daughter I kind of force myself to socialize so that she doesn't end up like me so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my parents are both lone wolves so like I was just raised around interesting. interesting and now you put on performances for yes people. well I think well I don't know this you didn't ask this but I would I'll just force you to know this I think I've figured out how to overcome being incredibly shy is that like performing is a way of creating a bit of a barrier so you know I can make jokes but I'm crumbling inside. No, no, but I just did it. I just did it. That was it. I made a joke, so I didn't have to go through the deep part. But I think that's a great, it's a great shield. Because, you know, but then pair that with the fact that I'm an oversharer and all bets are off. Well, I enjoy it. Um, I want to talk to you real quick about Barry. Because um, I I love the show. I love you in it. It's perfect. Um, I how is working how did how did that audition process go oh, and then um, like how is working with that set because like I think it's such a good show and I think so many actors really like it too oh I you know I I get I get such nice compliments and feedback because of being on Barry it was a, I was like a huge fan of, I mean Barry is so good it's so smart. It's written so well. When I first saw the advertisements for it, I was like, "That looks dumb." Be- was it? Be- what was it? Because of the serial killer, was, or because the actor? Because he was a killer. But I was like, "But he's funny." I, I, love- I, I like, don't. Even he's know funny, that- and he's supposed to be a serial killer actor. And I'm like, "That's never going to track." Watched one episode. Could literally watch it all the time. It's so good. The acting is so 
Cool. There's so I okay. So I was a nerd. I was like a nerdy fan, and when I got an audition for Barry, I was like, huh? Did and you had you seen? Wait, but you were in the first season. I'd seen it. I wasn't on the first season. No, oh, I was on. Wait, no, I was on the second season. Oh, I so guess I, you were in the first. Yeah, season. yeah, that's right. I guess I watched them so close together. Well, that's yeah. But you, who knows? <laughs> oh God. And I've no. As a sidebar, when you binge a television show, it's your life. Then five seconds after you finish, you're like, wait, was it Game of Thrones or Game of Bones? I can't remember. It's like, it's your everything you live and die for. And the mm-hmm. second it's over, you're like, hmm? Which explains why as actors, we get really, really high and then like completely low. Because the second anything's over, you're like, and what next? I'm out of a job. And I'm I have nothing to live for. Um, oh, I have an audition tomorrow. Yay! You know, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but... I auditioned for it, and I was, <laughs> I, I, I afterwards, I was like, can I just have the job? I was joking. But then I got a call back, and I got to meet Alec and, and um, Bill, and I went to the wrong place. Oh, stop. And sat in the waiting room for over half an hour, just kind of like, hmm. Was it one of those things where they changed the callback location from the initial location? Yes. But anyone who can read... At a at a like a third grade level, could have read in their email that was very clearly marked. There's a location change. Um, so were you late? I was very late. But I walked in and Bill was like, "Don't worry about it. I'm an actor. I've done the same exact thing." And I was I was like, "Please, please don't think that I'm a flake or that I like don't know how to be a human adult or." that I was like doing a power move or whatever. I was like, they're going to, I I drove from the first place to the second place, screaming at the top of my lungs, like, like, and no one, all cars I wanted like zapped off the earth so that I could just like shoot directly. Feel it in my, (sighs) that kind of like self-frustration where you just took it on everyone. Yeah. Everyone else is shit. Not because you didn't read your whole goddamn email but they were very cool and and they were so supportive and 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 bill kind of talked me through before and that's really cool it was so cool they and you know it's 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 exciting and it's scary because i truly want like there's some that i'm just like oh well we'll see what happens but this i truly wanted because it's so good and and i I love well bill haters body of work is so cool. I mean, it's so funny too because anytime you turn on anything, he's in it right now, and I'm I'm good with that because I think he's so talented and and he's so consistently good and, and he works his butt off. And Alec, he just he's written for like he's just he's so consistently good, and together they're such a good pair. And it's like it's such. I'm so happy because I, they selected me. or And then, then starting on that show, the cast of that show is so welcoming. And, like, it's like being, it's like being led into, like, a family party that you're, you know, like, you know, when you meet your person's family and they like you. Uh-huh. <laughs> as opposed to, like, you meet and they're like, I get that. It's just like being led into a great party and, like, being welcomed immediately. I didn't feel like... Well, especially on a season two, right? Like, the relationships were established. People yeah. have inside jokes. Like, walking into someone else's house is a weird feeling. Well, and too, like, with the, with the acting class, they, they, they're this group. But they, like, welcomed me immediately into the group. Like, I, I, I hope, I, oh, 
the can I talk about a cause for interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I had I right before I started, I there's this there's this incredible um um Uh, but i i hosted um a cause for entertainment that year and which is with uh, involved with uh jessica sherman who's done this podcast oh she yeah yes Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. well chosen um and it's it's if i may um it's it's this great force that um has a night of like glittery fun and um and it raises money for two grassroots um charities i you know i actually posted the first year that i was raising money for breast cancer and someone was like why would you raise money for breast cancer and i was like oh i mean research and and um awareness of of breast and it's it's been actually instrumental in me doing um breast checks and finding things early that are not Whoa. gonna kill me but but it's it's, uh, it's i'm so excited to have been a part of it so thank you um it's amazing but uh, um as a result of i i don't know if it was because they'd invited him earlier but anthony kerrigan who plays noho hank was at i actually met him at the first at a, a cause for entertainment i met this man that i was gonna work with and he's so lovely he donated money it's just they're just they're such there's such cool people on the show. I think that's has a lot to do with why the show's good. It's written well, it's acted well, and the, there's there's no bozos. <laughs> I lo- oh, God, that makes me so happy to hear that it's great on the inside too. Yeah. Did you like freak out when you got the call? Like I would have been. I so screamed into Bill Hader's ear. Oh, uh, he called you. He 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 sent me a text and said, "Can you give me a call?" And I was like, "Oh boy!" Wait, I, but did you have his number already? No, I did not. I, someone must have given him my number. And you were like, Bill Hader is texting? Yes. Uh, well, truly, because I'm Sarah Burns, I thought, oh, fuck. I didn't do a good job. I'm sure they're going to take time out of their writing day <laughs> to call me to tell me to go fuck myself. People love to text and procedure <laughs> to proceed to call someone when they don't do a good job. Hey, are you available? I need to call you and tell you why you can eat some dog shit today. <laughs> like, that's what I, I honestly thought... I'm not even joking. Um, my boyfriend was home and was like, but I was like, oh, God, I didn't do a good job. I think they're maybe going to give me notes, and maybe they're going to let me come back in. Okay. That's what I thought. And he gave me the news, and I scre- screamed in his ear. I'm so, I, I was so excited. And I, my boyfriend was in the kitchen, and I heard him say, like, a girl. Or, no, I didn't hear him say that. I'm lying. That's a lie. <laughs> he told me. My senses at that point were all firing at their highest ability, and I could hear and smell and taste everything for an entire square mile around. No, he told me that he was like, "Ah, girl," but it was very exciting. So cool. And then knowing me, I went and cleaned kitty litter, like just because you got well, you got to live your life. Yeah, you got to clean up after those cats. Yeah, and dogs and children and all of the animals. Responsibilities. Yeah. Um, what do you wish people knew before they moved to LA or as they start in their acting career? Oh, definitely wear sunscreen. I wish I had started early. Oh, I haven't even bought them yet, but they're in my Amazon cart. Um, UV gloves, gloves for driving. I'm buying some. Yes, smart. I spend a lot of time in my car. Yeah, I, I like. You see people that are covered, and you're like, <laughs> okay, crazy. But that's smart. 
I mean, I don't want to see what these hands look like under some sort of UV. Oh, no. I mean, like, I would say sunscreen, UV protective clothing. Um, I think, too, my parents gave me this sign when I was, when I had made the move from leaving my day job to doing this full time, which they were not very happy with, because I think they were like, oh, you'll be back on the payroll soon enough, I'm sure. But they were like, trust your crazy ideas. So I would say, and then my friend Evie, um, she worked, Evie Franceschini, she worked in the camera department as, um, please, I hope I get it right. I think she was second AC. Um, not for, yeah, she's second AC. And she she decided to kind of trust her crazy ideas and go pursue her true passion of acting. And, you know, that's frightening. And I gave her my sign. I was like, one day you'll give someone this sign. So, like, I, I think if you're going to move to L.A., like, trust your crazy ideas. But don't, like, hope it's going to fall on your lap, like, because there's so many laps out there. You know, like, mm-hmm. everyone wants this. But I would, I would, on a positive note, I would say, like, trust your crazy ideas. Work your ass off. Trust your crazy ideas and trust your gut. If something's wrong, you tell the person I'll get the fuck. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. One time I told someone right before I walked into an audition, oh, would you do me a favor and go fuck yourself today? And then as I was walking into the room, I was like, oh, my God, what if that person is sitting across from me as I walk? So I would say, okay, trust your crazy ideas. Um, wear sunscreen and protective clothing and do not ask anyone to go fuck themselves later in the day if you are about to walk into an audition. That's, 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 a, that's a lot of inspirational quotes from one lady. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Sarah, you're so funny. This is oh, so you. fun. Yay. Um, do you want to direct anyone to anything, anywhere, anything you're working on? I think this is going to air before anything I'm in comes out. Okay. It'll probably be like December, January. I would say, guys, you know, just enjoy the holidays. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> I will be starring uh, in a one-woman show on Broadway about a headless torso called Me, Myself, and I. Um, I'm just kidding. Everybody, no. <laughs> Everyone in this room just got I'm really excited. I'm very quiet, but for that one, I'm going to ask <laughs> I used to. I used to do Paul F. Tompkins' podcast, Spontanea Nation, and whenever I didn't have something coming up, I would just lie. tell that tell people that I was going to be in a one woman show on Broadway called about a headless torso, and I because I thought it was so funny, and I figured I would just say it every time, and eventually like someone would think it was funny. Like, I was just entertaining myself. I hope no one ever believed me. Somebody did like, Wait a second. I don't get it. I've been on Broadway.com every week. I can't get those tickets. It must be such a hot commodity. Oh, my God. This is, a great, this is amazing. This is hilarious. Um, thank you so oh much. Oh, my pleasure. You're Thanks adult. for having me. Of course. I talked like an insane person rambling. No. And I, that's what I want. No, you kept me from talking too much, which is when this podcast goes south. So thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Guys, I'll talk to you in just a bit. 
that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Sarah Burns, thank you so much for your time and your candor. You are absolutely fucking hilarious. And I hope that we can have a drink together soon. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. And thank you to the three of you that are going to leave a review this week that's going to take us over 100 reviews. I can't wait to say your names out loud. I'm so pumped. Please review this podcast. We are also brought to you by We Audition. Weaudition.com. Code BROKE25 for 25% off your membership. This podcast is created and hosted by moi, Sam Valentine, with production help from Laurel Canyon Creative and Cecilia Tripp. And of course, our music is provided by Maggie Zabo. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. 